Morning, Scott. Good morning, Alana. <laughs> Um, we are here to do three-ish things. If you don't know me, my name is Alana Robinson. I am one of the pastors here on staff, and you are? <laughs> I'm a little lost. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for Brad back there. He's so politely pointing. There's a mic there. There's a mic there. <laughs> I didn't see it. So anyway, yeah, I'm one of the pastors on staff here too, right now. <laughs> Anything could happen. Um, good. <laughs> So we are here to do the three-ish things. Uh, just before we start with those, if you missed your latte this morning um, and maybe you know how to make lattes, feel free to come and talk to me. We were just a little short-staffed in Brew Life this morning. We're going to talk a lot more about Brew Life next week, aren't we? We are. We, we have a lot to say about yeah, Brew Life. We do, yeah. so we won't spend time there today. But yes, if you want to join that team so that you don't miss your morning latte, please do come and talk to me. On to our three-ish things. We have a couple things we want to get through today. First up, Shannon was up last week and she was talking about elder nominations. Season is open for nominating to the elders board. We have our AGM in the fall. And so we just invite you to prayerfully consider who uh, God might want to be stepping onto the elders board this year. I believe we have two stepping off. We're hoping to put three on. Possibly three. Possibly yep. three is the, that's the hope. So there uh, is an online form you can fill out, New lifechurch.ca slash nominations. You can find that on the homepage of the website as well. There's paper copies out at the info booth that you can drop off at the office. Uh, so please do be praying and considering um, who might make a wonderful elder for the church. Just tying in with the elders, um, there's no SAGM this year. Normally we would be having an SAGM right around this time, the semi-annual general meetings. However, there was really no business to be done and so we didn't want to take up your time with that. Uh, we'll invite you to a big party when the Burens arrive instead. And that'll celebration. Be, We're going to yep. do a celebration. Celebrate instead. Yeah. <laughs> As if business meetings aren't something to celebrate. I love them. <laughs> All right, number two. Number two. Oh, it's me. Uh, we have Watoto coming here. And if you remember, we put it out there saying, is there anybody who would like to organize that? And sure enough, we had Phil and... Jessica, there we go, uh, Wambua say, yes, we will do it, which means that they are coming March 14th. They'll be here. If you, who's done, who has gone and seen a Watoto Choir? Yes, fantastic. They are worth your time. Uh, it's wonderful. It's great. So we want to invite you to come to that. Mark that on your calendars. Come, you will not be disappointed. Bring some neighbors and friends. They will not be disappointed either. Lots of energy in the room, which means because we said yes, there is a part that you get to play, and that part is we are looking for people to host in their home uh, these children and their chaperones. So if you are able to do that and you have a couple rooms that would make, be made available, that would be wonderful. If you could uh, go online, you can go online, you can say, yes, I'm available, that's great. You could also talk to one of us too if that is not something you can do, but it, you can uh, host that would be wonderful. We'll have some more information, but it is coming rapidly. It is. Thank you. Good. And last but not least, uh, again, Shannon mentioned last week, we were asking for some people to help out with uh, transitioning the Burens into Canada. Their household goods don't uh, arrive for about two months after they do. And so we want to get their place um, temporarily furnished while they wait for their items. We had two wonderful folks step forward, one to help with furnishing, one to help with uh, food, because we also want to make sure they're 
they have food in the fridge and freezer for their first week here. Uh, so thank you to those people. Um, we also had somebody step up and volunteer a car, so that is taken care of. So thank you for that. We hope next week, once we can get a walk through the house and kind of see what is needed, uh, next week we should have a registration page live. So if you have items that you can donate to just help for the first couple months, um, you will get those items back if you want them. If not, they can go into our needs and extras bin. Um, but anyways, we'll have that, hopefully, more information next week. But thank you uh, to those that are stepping forward with that. And it is coming together. Uh, Simon actually preached his last sermon this morning at Bethany Church. Uh, he's got a few more weeks on staff there. Um, they're looking forward to coming, but they'll be here soon. Yeah, will not be long at all, I think. March 8th. March 8th, they land in Canada. March 9th, they'll be here in Duncan. And then we get uh, to see them on March 12th in church Sunday. So That's right. Yep. Great. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Alana. Yeah, thank you. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is God's word. Thank you, Isaac. It is really our privilege this morning to be able to have international justice missions here with Eugene and Hannah. And we've invited Eugene to come and to share with us. And hopefully, if you don't know about IJM, that by the time you... Eugene is done, and you have opportunity to talk to them afterwards. They have a table out there that, that you will know. It's a worthwhile mission that we support. So I want to ask Eugene, please come uh, this morning. I want to pray for you, and then I'll turn the rest of the time over to you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this mission organization, the vision, the passion. Um, Father, the areas that they go into, and they bring light and they bring life. Uh, Father, thank you for Eugene, his willingness to serve you with this mission organization. May our ears be attentive to the word that is spoken. May our hearts be open to Holy Spirit, how you will, you will expand uh, our vision for your vision around the world, for those that live in injustice, and that there is something taking place. There's those that are out there that are bringing light to these injustices. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks, Pastor Scott. Thank you for the warm welcome. My name is Eugene, and I serve as the BC Director of Development and Mobilization with International Justice Mission, IJM Canada. And in this role, I have the privilege of sharing about our work with our constituents, including our church partners who work with us together in this mission. So I'm really grateful to be with you this morning. It's been a few years since I've had the chance to be with you in person, and it's an honor to serve you again. 
the New Life community has been a faithful partner with us in the mission. Uh, and we've been so encouraged by your commitment to justice and serving those who are vulnerable. And how the church, the global church, participates in God's call to justice is something that I have a passion for. Uh, and I'm glad that I get to engage in this work uh, through our work at IJM. Now, if you are new to IJM, our mission is to protect vulnerable people from forms of violence. And our inspiration for this work is Christ, who declared that he was bringing freedom to people who are oppressed. And we believe that this includes physical freedom from being trapped in slavery and oppressive circumstances. And we're passionate about partnering with the global church in the mission to seek justice. And we participate in this because an estimated 5 billion people worldwide live in what we call a justice gap. Now, people in the gap are not protected by the law because the justice systems in their communities might not be as effective as they should be. And the problem is that without this protection, people living in poverty are especially vulnerable to violence. So at IJM, we work together with authorities worldwide to strengthen justice systems, because when they work effectively, justice systems will protect people as they're intended to do. And we do this through different types of casework around the world. So for example, we fight against slavery in the forms of labor trafficking, sex trafficking, and online exploitation of children. We work to protect women and children from domestic violence, sexual violence, and property crimes like land theft. And we protect vulnerable people against police abuse of power. Now, over this past year, we've been celebrating the 25th anniversary of IJM. Now, IJM's founder, Gary Haugen, is a human rights lawyer who started IJM after investigating the Rwandan genocide in the 90s. Uh, with the UN Center for Human Rights. Through this experience, Gary realized that when people were being attacked by somebody wielding a machete, what they needed at that moment was not a hospital for medical attention, or it wasn't a microloan for economic development. At that moment, they needed someone to restrain the hand of the person holding the machete. They needed someone to protect them from violence. So during the early years of IJM, uh, Gary spoke at InterVarsity's Urbana conference. Uh, so I'd like to show a video uh, which introduces the work of IJM and shows some of the highlights over 25 years. And it begins with uh, Gary uh, addressing uh, Urbana in year 2000. Most of us are yearning for meaning and significance to our existence, but we figure, what difference could I make? Most of us. Most of us are yearning. Most of us are yearning for meaning and significance to our existence. But we figure, what difference can I make? Can I make? What difference can I make? What difference can I make? 
The answer is straightforward. If you want your light to burn brightly, take it into the darkness. During the U.S. Civil Rights Movement in the 1950s and 60s, one of the tactics used uh, were sit-ins. Now, beginning in North Carolina, the sit-in movement used nonviolent direct action to protest racial segregation. Black college students uh, would go to segregated lunch counters, and they would sit down, and they refused to leave until they were offered service. Now, the first lunch counter sit-in had only four participants. But the attention paid to the protest created a movement that spread with then 70,000 people across the country participating. And sit-ins became a powerful tool to bring attention to the injustice that was taking place. Now, but the sit-in movement was also very challenging. The civil rights leaders and the students faced difficult opposition. Now, on top of the humiliation of being denied service because of their skin color, uh, they were subjected to racist taunts and even violence. So these students, they had a choice. They could listen to the taunts and they could go away. Yeah. Or they could endure the threats and stay to show that what they were standing for, or in this case, what they were sitting for, uh, it was worth it. Now, you and I, we will probably not experience this type of injustice that the brave students had to face. But if you've ever stood up for justice, you know that it's not easy. Because perhaps you're going up against people with power. Those who benefit from the injustice don't want to see things change. So seeking justice, it involves risk. It always has a cost. And now, if seeking justice is difficult, why should we do it? And how do we persevere? Now, as followers of Christ, we are compelled by God's heart for people who are oppressed and vulnerable. And at IJM, we believe that justice is possible, and I want to share uh, with you IJM's secret. This is the secret that helps us rescue thousands of people and protect millions around the world each year. And the secret is this. We refuse to go away. In the face of oppression and evil, we refuse to go away. In the face of injustice, we decide that justice is worth pursuing, and we persevere. Uh, so today, that's what we'll look at. Uh, we'll look at an issue, an instruction, and an invitation. 
And we'll look at this uh, from the passage in Galatians 6 that we read earlier uh, and from our work at IJM. So first, here's the issue. It's the sin of injustice. We live in a world that's broken, and it's marred by sin, and injustice is one of these sins. So what do I mean when I speak of injustice? Well, from the Bible, we learn that justice is giving people what they're due. And it's like an ethical standard of living in right relationship with other people, treating others as the image of God. So we do justice when we give to each person what's due to them from God. And for people who are poor, people who are vulnerable, they ought to be given care. They ought to be given protection. So if that's justice, then injustice is the opposite. Justice is giving someone what they're due. Injustice is taking away from them what was intended for them. And often, it's a person who misuses power to take away something good from somebody else. Let me tell you about three of our friends from Kenya. It's Josephat, Willie, and Joseph. So on the left, Josephat was a client that our team at IJM Kenya was assisting. In 2015, Josephat was shot by a police officer, and the injury was serious enough that it required long-term medical attention. So Josephat brought a complaint against this police officer for the shooting. In the middle is Willie Kamani. Willie is an, a lawyer with our team in Kenya. And he investigated Josephat's case and recommended that our team take it on. And then Joseph uh, was a local driver that our team in Kenya knew and trusted. As Josephat's case uh, was going through the court process, uh, the police officer tried to cover up the shooting. He also harassed Josephat by bringing false charges against him in court. Now, in June 2016, while the three of them were leaving court after a hearing, uh, they were abducted. And then one week later, their bodies were discovered in a river 100 kilometers away. Now, after their disappearance was announced, there was a lot of public outcry. Thousands of people called for an investigation. And I remember the summer, uh, when this took place, because that was the summer when uh, my wife Hannah and me, we were preparing to go serve uh, overseas in the field with IJM as part of their, in, through their internship program. So I remember our family and our friends asking us if there's risk involved in the work and telling them about what happened to these colleagues in Kenya. Now, following the investigation into this matter, there were five people, including four police officers, who were charged with their murders. Now, historically, it's been common for police in Kenya to abuse their power, to exploit, harass, or even kill people. And when they do this, they are taking away the good that is due to others. They're taking away the good that God intended for them. And often, there's been no accountability for officers who do this. No one to defend the vulnerable, the vulnerable to this injustice. So, brothers and sisters, the killings of Willie, Josephat, and Joseph were a grave injustice. So what do we do about it? Well, we're reminded in Scripture from Isaiah, at Isaiah 1.17, where it says, learn to do what is good, pursue justice, correct the oppressor, 
defend the rights of the, of the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. So to do justice, it means to defend and protect those who are vulnerable. And it also means to correct those who are doing wrong, because we shouldn't tolerate oppression or violence. So justice requires that both the oppressed and the oppressor get what they're due. And it is this response to injustice that leads us to the instruction that I want to share. And it's this. It's to do what is good and refuse to go away. So we see this in the, in the verse from Isaiah and also in the passage from Galatians 6 that we read earlier. So I want to encourage you with three points on why we do this. Why we persevere in doing justice. And the first is this. We persevere in doing justice because the evil continue their injustice. At verse 7 in Galatians 6, it's, it tells us don't be deceived because God is not mocked. Whatever a person uh, reaps, uh, whatever a person sows, he will reap. And we know that sin always has consequences, and injustice is no different. There are clear consequences to it. Because God is not mocked. In another translation of Galatians 6-7, it reads, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. No one can mock God and get away with it. When evil people do injustice, they're not sinning only against the people that they're oppressing. They're sinning against the one whose image they bear. Their injustice is an offense to God. And in verse 7, it also reminds us that a person reaps what they sow. So we're so encouraged to see the New Life community sowing good in so many ways. Through your engagement in missions locally, uh, on the island, and around the world through your partnerships. So I encourage you to continue to sow good. For scripture reminds us that you will reap good. But for those who sow evil, like the people responsible for abducting and killing Willie, Josephat, and Joseph they will reap. You cannot mock the justice of God. For those who commit evil and oppress others, they ought to be held accountable for their actions. For as long as the evil continue to do injustice, those who seek good need to persevere in the work of justice. And the second point of why we persevere is this. We persevere in doing justice because God perseveres in doing justice. And we can see this throughout the story of the Bible. We know that in the beginning, God created a world that was perfect. And God's design was ruined when sin entered the world. So God chooses Israel to be his people uh, and to reflect his character. God is just. It's who he is. Now, when God's people can't get it right because of their sin... God raises up his rulers who were supposed to reflect his character and to lead his people. The rulers were supposed to protect the vulnerable and to hold the wicked accountable. Oh, and the rulers, they turn away from God. They themselves start to oppress the poor. They commit acts of violence. They abuse their authority for their own gain. So then God sends his prophets to tell them to return to God to return, come back to his just character. And we know that the rulers, they rejected the prophets. Israel is exiled. 
And then it seems that there's silence for about 400 years. And that's when God sends Jesus to proclaim the good news of his kingdom. And the kingdom of Jesus is of justice and it's of mercy. When the teachers of the law during Jesus' time neglected these things, Jesus had to correct them. He reminded them that justice, mercy, faithfulness, these were the more important matters of the law. And through his followers, Jesus has established his church to be his representatives. As followers of Christ, we're to reflect his justice. And when we do this, we make the kingdom of Jesus more visible. We make it more known. Jesus has promised that he'll return, and when he does, all oppression will cease as God's justice is fully restored. God perseveres in justice, and Jesus is the proof and demonstration of this. Now, we look forward to the fullness of God's justice when Jesus returns. But in the meantime, the job of the church is not to sit around and wait for this. Our job is to demonstrate the kingdom now. So let's continue to follow Christ and reflect his character. That's how Paul encouraged the Galatians at verse 9. To not be weary, not get tired of doing good. So I want to encourage you in the same way. Let us also not tire of doing good and persevere in doing justice as God perseveres in doing justice. And the third point that I want to share and why we persevere is this. We have the opportunity and the privilege to bless others when we persevere in doing good. At verse 10, Paul says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially those who belong to the household of faith. So Paul recognized, he, know, he knew that being discouraged or getting tired, it might cause Christians to give up. So he gives the Galatians two reminders that we can remember as well. We're assured of a reward. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When we sow acts of love, we reap a harvest of love. When we sow by serving others, we reap a harvest of gratitude. And we know that reaping a harvest normally doesn't happen immediately when you sow. And that's why we refuse to go away. Keep serving others in love as we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. And second, Paul reminds the Galatians that those in Christ belong to a household of faith, a family of believers. At IJM, we are a community of Christian spiritual formation. And we're so encouraged and we're so blessed by church communities like New Life when you partner with us in the mission. So thank you. Thank you for praying for us on our work as we rely on God's strength in our work. Thank you for your generous giving which makes the work of rescue and protection possible. All of this shows how you are blessing others when you do good and persevere in this work of justice. So we've talked about the issue, which is the sin of injustice. Our instruction is to do what is good, refuse to go away. And now the invitation is to join with IJM in persevering in this way. You have the opportunity to keep on doing good as you have been doing. Please do continue to pray for us. And for updates and to know how you can pray for us, you can follow our social media channels at IJM Canada. And you can also sign up on our website to be a prayer partner to receive a weekly prayer update. 
Another way to join uh, with IJM is to continue to practice your generosity through your giving. Generosity is an important marker of justice, and it's a theme that we see consistently throughout the Bible. God, the generous host, providing for his guests. When we serve others and seek their good, we model the generosity of our God. So I encourage you to practice this. Give to your church. Support your missions and your ministries initiatives. And you can also join us as a freedom partner. Freedom partners are IJM's community of monthly supporters who sustain our work of rescue and protection. If you have any questions or would like additional information, be delighted to connect with you after a gathering today. And we know that we will reap at the right time. I'm grateful to share that since beginning in 1997, IJM has worked together with our partners to rescue more than 76,000 people from slavery and violence. But IJM's mission, we go beyond rescue because we want to stop the violence from happening in the first place. And through IJM's work, we have shown that justice systems can be made stronger. And when they work as they should, they protect vulnerable people. And as a result of this, there are more than 7 million people worldwide who are now protected from the violence that they used to face. And because of what we've seen, what we've experienced, the goodness of God in this work, we are hopeful that by 20, the year 2030, we'll see 500 million people worldwide protected from the threat of violence. This is a big goal, and it's a big hope. But it's a hope that's also become very evident to us. Even over the past few years, when there have been times when much of the world has had to shut down, and it seems that many things have been at a standstill, we saw that the work of justice did not stop. Now, for example, our work in South Asia. IGM has been training and partnering with South Asian authorities for 20 years. Now, in 2020, a local government exposed a network of migrant workers who were being held captive at a brick kiln facility. Now, after finding out about this, authorities were able to free 7,000 victims of forced labor in just two days. And this showed that the injustice of forced labor slavery would not be tolerated. We've also seen the movement of justice in the Dominican Republic. The Dominican Republic is the country uh, with the highest rate of child marriage in Latin America. Now, child marriage puts vulnerable children, especially young girls, at risk for abuse and violence. In 2021, as a result of IJM's advocacy, a law was passed that eliminated child marriage. And this means that an entire generation of girls is now safer than they've ever been. And then just last year, we received a long-awaited decision in the case of the killings of Willie, Josephat, and Joseph in Kenya. In July, the judge announced that there were four people, including three police officers, who were found guilty of killing our friends in 2016. So the decision came after almost six years of trial. During those six years, our team in Kenya faced many challenges. There was times of discouragement and uncertainty. But they refused to go away. They determined that justice was worth pursuing, and they persevered. 
And it's been a long road, but we share in the joy and in the relief of their families. Now, when our team in Kenya heard the news uh, that the verdict was announced, uh, this is what it looked like. love seeing how our team celebrates. Uh, because when justice is done, it's worth celebrating. And when we see this, it reminds us that justice is worth pursuing. And it encourages us to persevere in this work. So our memory of Willie, of Josephat, and Joseph, it inspires us in the mission to make the world safer, where vulnerable people worldwide are protected. And we know that this is made possible through the support of communities like New Life. So once again, I'm honored to thank you for partnering us in this mission with us. So, brothers and sisters, the sin of injustice, it always has consequences. But remember, you cannot mock the justice of God. And justice prevails when people do good and refuse to go away. So may we persevere in doing justice because God perseveres in doing justice. May you pray with me? Yeah. Thank you, God, uh, for your character uh, and for your justice. Thank you that you have called us uh, to practice this, to display this, uh, and to work in partnership with you to make your kingdom more known, your kingdom where people who are vulnerable and oppressed are protected from those who seek them harm. So we pray, God, that as we grow in our understanding of you and your heart, uh, that we'll commit to this uh, more and that we will persevere uh, in justice as you have. Yeah. Thank you, God. Amen.